Welcome to the Monday Morning Memory Wipe. I'm your host, Craig Price, and it's time to comb through the clutter and identify what you need to know so you can delete the rest and start your week with a clean slate. Before we start, let me remind you to subscribe to the YouTube playlist at Stolen Droids, click the bell for notifications, and follow Memory Wipe on Twitter. Also, if you have something to say, contribute, or just want to drop a happy note, we're morningmemorywipe at gmail.com. Let's get on to priority one. With the CDC announcing new mask guidelines, which state fully vaccinated people can resume activities without wearing a mask or physically distancing, except where required by federal, state, local, or territorial laws, rules, or regulations, including businesses and workplace guidances, many are already making plans for the big return. The Star Wars Celebration Anaheim dates have officially been moved up to May 26th to May 29th in 2022, from their scheduled August 18th through the 21st dates, to get as close to the historic May 25th opening day anniversary of Star Wars back in 1977. If you don't know, Star Wars Celebration is a convention filled with entertainment, celebrity appearances, stage shows, panels, interactive events, including exclusive merchandise, screenings, and then they also have major announcements for upcoming projects. The event is produced by Lucasfilm in collaboration with ReadPop. Current ticket holders that want to keep their existing tickets will have their order automatically transferred to the new event dates without having to do anything. But if the move is now a problem and you want a refund, you can do so by visiting StarWarsCelebration.com. Ticket refund requests must be submitted before June 11th of this year. And the Great White Way is pushing hard for a September opening. Hamilton, Wicked, and The Lion King jointly announced the return date of September 14th at their longtime Broadway homes. The opening date is subject to the approval of the New York State Department of Health and the governor, and the production anticipates that masks will be required for all patrons and front of house staff. Additionally, audience members may need to provide proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test. Exact regulations are still to be determined since this was announced before the new CDC guidelines, but I know everyone is excited to get back to normal. And if you haven't been vaccinated yet, please go do it now. Lots of comings and goings this week. Coming to your television on Saturday nights for the first time, The CW becomes a true network with seven days a week programming. The 15-year-old network will add a two-hour block on Saturday nights this fall. The CW now will have the entertainment programming of 14 hours a week, putting it on par with the entertainment programming of most of the other major networks. Saturdays will launch on October 2nd with night one of the iHeartRadio Music Festival, which airs at 8 p.m. Eastern, and will conclude on October 3rd with night two. The CW will announce its regular Saturday programming lineup when it reveals its fall 2021 schedule on May 25th. Also coming to your TV soon is a slew of movies and TV shows. Disney announced that the theme park ride turned movie The Jungle Cruise, starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Emily Blunt, will debut in theaters and Disney Plus premiere on July 30th. As we all know, Disney Plus premiere means that the movie will be available for in-home purchase to Disney Plus subscribers for $29.99 which is a bit surprising as many assume the movie was destined strictly for theaters, possibly during the holiday season. The sequel to the Netflix hit Enola Holmes was announced with both Millie Bobby Brown and Henry Cavill returning. Legendary Pictures will once again develop and produce the film, which will debut on Netflix globally. While we have no idea what the plot will be, it has been confirmed that the movie will be once again based on Nancy Springer's six-book series, The Enola Holmes Mysteries. And the sequel to Knives Out, the Ryan Johnson Oscar-nominated mystery movie starring Daniel Craig with his Kentucky Fried accent as Benoit Blanc, stirred up a lot of casting hype this week by announcing an all-star cast including Dave Bautista, Edward Norton, Janelle Monet, and Katherine Hahn. Don't forget, Netflix has signed a two-picture deal with Johnson for $400 million, and it looks like Ryan is going to spend that money on some quality actors. Not only did we get sneak peeks for Venom 2 Let There Be Carnage, which showed a more domesticated Venom making breakfast for Tom Hardy's Eddie Brock, 
we got a glimpse of the Kevin Smith run Masters of the Universe Revelations for Netflix. And we know Friends is coming back because we saw their backs. And nothing else. And an announcement that the Friends reunion show is going to be on HBO Max May 27th. The reunion special is not a new Friends episode. The main cast will reunite, revisit the set, share behind the scene footage, but they won't be portraying their original characters. They'll simply be appearing as themselves. We'll also hear from superfans like Lady Gaga, BTS, David Beckham, Justin Bieber, Kit Harington, Mindy Kaling, Tom Selleck, Reese Witherspoon, and even Nobel Peace Prize winner Malala. But it's just a clip show and some banter, so don't get too crazy. In the goings department, This Is Us will end after next season. The family drama, starring Mandy Moore, Milo Ventimiglia, and Sterling K. Brown has been a breeding bonanza from the get-go and will be one of those rare shows that ends while still on top. The final 18 episodes will air starting in the fall. Also going, Pokemon cards. Yes, Pokemon cards. Target has temporarily suspended the sale of Pokemon cards and other trading cards in stores in response to reports of violent confrontations related to the collectibles whose value has soared in the past year. Aggressive Pokemon card collectors hunting for rare cards to resell have caused problems for the retailer, which already set a limit on the number of card packs a customer could buy. Last week, a fight in which one participant was armed with a gun occurred outside of a Brookfield, Wisconsin Target store over sports cards. Rare older cards, like the special holographic Charizard, can sell upward of $300,000 for a single card, and stores like Target are finding they can't keep the cards on the shelves. Even the Pokemon Company announced it's reprinting cards to keep up with the very high demand. Target did say they will still be able to purchase Pokemon cards and others at the retailer's online store. Because we know nothing bad ever happens online. Development news kicked in this week as many future projects were announced. Hasbro and E1 are laying the groundwork for a television series based on the fantasy role-playing game Dungeons & Dragons. And Derek Kolstad, the creator and writer behind the John Wick franchise, has been hired to pen and develop a pitch for the live-action series. While only in the writing phase, I am so looking for a Keanu Reeves Ranger killing orcs and kobolds as revenge for killing his beloved direwolf cub. Adult Swim announced it's producing feature-length films based on Aqua Teen Hunger Force, Metalocalypse, and The Venture Brothers. The films will first be released on Blu-ray and VOD, then, 90 days later, premiere on HBO Max and Adult Swim. The Metalocalypse movie is described as, The power-hungry tribunal unveils their secret and deadly Falconback project as the world grows in embattled chaos and the menacing Doomstar breaches the Earth's atmosphere while the mysterious and twisted descent of a band member threatens the future of Deathlock. Picking up directly after the heroic rescue of Taki Wartooth, can Deathlock choose between their egos and the greater good of the world to embark on a gauntlet of dangers that will try their very souls and finally write the song that will be their salvation? I have no idea what I was just talking about. Uh, the new movie is created by Brendan Small and Tommy Blanca. The movie soundtrack will be released on Water Tower Music. The Venture Brothers synopsis is Doc's latest invention will either bankrupt the Ventures or launch them into new heights as Hank searches for himself, Dean searches for Hank, the Monarch searches for answers, and a mysterious woman from their past threatens to bring their entire world crashing down on them. The Venture Brothers is created, written, and executive produced by Jackson Public and Doc Hammer. And the Aqua Teen Hunger Force is the most vague. A continuation of the hit animated series, fans will find out what happens next with Frylock, Meatwad, and Master Shake, who consider themselves crime fighters. But the truth is, they never fight crime. Aqua Teen Hunger Force is created by Matt Mayero and David Willis and follows the strange everyday lives of three human-sized food products living in New Jersey. No word on release dates for any of these, but you have to assume sometime next year at the earliest. A third psych movie has been given the go-ahead at Peacock, with James Rodney Rodriguez and Dulé Hill on board to reprise their respective roles as Sean and Gus. Titled Psych 3 This Is Gus, the latest film picks up on the eve of Gus and Celine's shotgun wedding and the birth of their first child, Baby Guster. 
Before the nuptials can go down, Sean and Groomzilla Gus must embark on a mission to track down Celine's estranged husband. Other franchise vets confirmed to return for Psych 3 include Maggie Lawson, Kristen Nelson, and Corbin Burnson. And self-funded Mystery Science Theater 3000, the beloved cult series will be back with more original episodes and a custom online distribution platform thanks to another successful Kickstarter campaign. The campaign, which concluded May 7th after 30 days, raised over $6.5 million with over 36,000 backers. Series creator Joel Hodgson will use the money to fund 13 new episodes, including the show's first 3D episode, 12 new short film riffs, a holiday special that will feature Hodgson, Jonah Ray, and Emily Marsh as co-hosts, and to build the Gizmoplex, a new virtual theater and online community hub that will be the exclusive home for the next season for its initial run. Each new episode will be released one at a time as they are ready for release, rather than holding them until the entire season is complete. The Gizmoplex is also expected to host live episode premieres, watch parties, and special events. The most recent Kickstarter campaign out-earned the show's 2015 campaign, which pulled in over $6.3 million. Podcasting news has more celebs and media companies ending the fray. Actor-producer Seth Rogen is expected to debut his podcast later in 2021. Stitcher described the weekly show as being a series of personal stories produced with a rich sound design, with a range of guests talking about a single story each week. This just means that Seth will be the second Rogan in comedy podcasting, which is a tough hole to start out in. Realm Podcast announced a dozen new sci-fi fantasy horror podcasts this week, with Orphan Black, the next chapter in season two, being the biggest name. Picking up where season one left off, The Clone Club deals with ramifications of being out into the world. This scripted show will be narrated by the star of the show, an abundantly talented Tatiana Mazzani, as well as TV cast members Jordan Gavaris and Evelyn Brochu. Tatiana isn't done with podcasting yet, she will also executive produce and narrate Power Trip, an irreverent dark comedy in which a screwed up woman indulging in dark magic tries not to screw herself over. That sounds like a good one. John Carpenter and Sandy King Carpenter are also part of the Realm release, with two podcasts including Roanoke Falls, a tense atmospheric thriller about the fear of the unknown, the dangers of superstition, and the depths of desperation. A woman investigates a string of murders in the second Roanoke settlement, leading her to a serial killer from the original voyage who waits in the woods. And also producing Angel to Some, where a chronically ill Catholic student calls on a guardian angel to protect her, but the angel who shows up instead wants her dead. Sounds like a horror bonanza for podcast listeners this fall and winter. And in a nice piece of giving back news, a pair of actors are going to be teaching. Tony-winning and Emmy-nominated actor Felicia Rashad, best known as Claire Huxtable from The Cosby Show, has been appointed Dean of the Howard University's newly re-established College of Fine Arts. Howard University conducted a nationwide search before appointing Rashad, an alumni of the school. She has taught students at New York University, Vassar College, Carnegie Mellon, and Juilliard, among others. She will begin her new role on July 1st. An award-winning actor, director, playwright, and producer, Coleman Domingo, will be joining the faculty of the USC School of Dramatic Arts. Domingo can currently be seen starring alongside Viola Davis and the late Chadwick Boseman in the Netflix film adaptation of Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. He'll start the semester as a guest lecturer and master artist for the students in both undergraduate and graduate populations. Once filming is wrapped on previous commitments, he'll begin teaching full-time in the classroom in fall of 2022. He's a great actor, but also plays some pretty intimidating characters. Imagine seeing him on your first day of class. There aren't enough apples in the world to get on his good side if you're late. And finally, more proof that America is the greatest and worst place ever, General Mills has apparently tested Jeff Goldblum's your food scientists were so preoccupied about whether or not they could they didn't stop to think if they should, quote, and have created Monster Mash. As you can guess, Count Chocula, Booberry, Frankenberry, Fruit Brute, and Yummy Mummy have Voltron into one cereal, 
And like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, our destruction has a physical form. Due out around Halloween, the concoction has been created for the 50th anniversary of the cereal's first release. God help us all. We'll be back right after this. Last week on a special simulcast episode of The Cast Off, the movies that make us crew fought it out with Tracy Mangum taking the victory with his recasting of Ocean's Eleven. This week, Jake Dietz and Valerie Cameron try to get their revenge when they recast Ocean's Eight. It's a special Utah Remote Con edition you don't want to miss. The show will be on the Stolen Droids YouTube channel as well as matineeheroes.com slash castoff. When life's problems are too big for one person, you can't be afraid to ask for help, which is why we're calling Tech Support. They're the podcasting power couple from everything I learned from movies and last week's Utah Remote Con panel, Ape Movies. Please welcome Steve Kondrick and Izzy Fisher. Hello, Craig Price. Hey, guys. How are you? Excellent. How about awesome. you? Uh, you know, I've had better days, but we're going to continue on. Uh, <laughs> we had a lot of sequel or spinoff news this week as we saw trailers from Venom 2. We got a lot of casting news from Knives Out. Uh, so I'll ask you both, Steve, Izzy, or as I like to call you guys, Stizzy, what is, <laughs> yep. what is your favorite property that you're looking for as far as sequels coming out? I'm not going to lie. I'm the only person on the in the entire planet who is interested in Venom 2. I remember the trailer for the first one being total trash, and then the movie ended up being super fun. So I am hoping they can capture that magic again. It's going to be fun. Well, it's a very domesticated Venom as he's cooking breakfast, uh, uh, and a very disgusting breakfast, but he's he's being very domesticated. He's singing songs. It's quite a, uh, almost like a WandaVision situation. Yeah, he's a domesticated housewife. He's going to go full I Love Lucy. We never talk anymore. <laughs> do I look pretty to you? <laughs> so, Steve, Let's what are you... Let the make my ass look bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, Steve, what are you looking forward to? Oh, man, you know me. I am looking forward to F9 of the Fast and Furious saga to finally come out. It's been It's been just teasing me and teasing me for a year and a half now, and now it's time to just... You know, rip the clothes off and get right to it. Well, it's got, I hear Helen Mirren is going to be actually driving in this one. Yeah. <laughs> so it's going to be awesome. Oh, little Miss Shaw is coming back in and ugh, I'm excited. <laughs> and Charlize and her bangs are coming back with her nice little like Beatles bowl cut or something hey. going on. Think Charlize and her hair with that franchise, man. <laughs> but like, we get it. She's a fetching woman. You can stop trying to make her look ugly now. Just go ahead. And, like, <laughs> well, ever since she did Monster and got an Oscar, she tries to ugly herself up just a little bit. Cause, and also, I think she does it just to make sure that everybody else looks good. Because when you have her come in, it's very blinding how beautiful she is. She is compared to the slugs that they've got in the F9 franchise. <laughs> Vin Diesel's like, if she's going to be in here, you got to do something up here. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, are there any more original movies anymore? Do you even care? Because are, are, are we destined to like watch Batman's parents die again and again every six years? I, I'm getting tired <laughs> of these spinoffs and sequels because at one point they were original properties and if we don't get more original properties we won't be able to have more spinoffs and sequels so what do you guys think we'll start with steve um i mean it's a lot easier to promote something people already know you don't have to spend the first 
hour, hour and a half of a movie building a world and all that. So you can just get straight to blowing stuff up and cracking out one-liners and stuff. But you know, every once in a while, you get a great original property that you know, like, like I really liked Upgrade when it came out like four or five years ago. But it then it's also like everybody's like comparing it to Venom and stuff. But it's basically like Robo Venom, like taking over somebody <laughs> and controlling them. So it's like. But what's the old saying? Like, there's really only, like, six stories out there, but it's just how you tell it. Like, boy meets girl and all that. But I don't know. I, it could be done, but it's just a lot easier to promote when it's an existing property. Izzy? Yeah. Are you- yeah, we're definitely going to keep seeing Batman's parents die, like, every six years <laughs> until they do something so monstrous to Batman that, like, we have to, like, take him out of the zeitgeist for a while. Um, so be prepared for that. That's got to be coming. <laughs> and uh, I do wish we had more original stuff, because I'm not going to lie, like, sorry, guys, I'm marveled out. I'm... It's the same thing over and over and over again now. I know this guy's not with me. That's okay. They're still, they're well made, but it's like, like, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier just came out. It feels exactly the same as every other Marvel movie. It was incredibly done and the acting was great, but they took zero risks. Every single thing in that we've already seen, all of the bad guys are just rehashes of other bad guys that they've already had, and it's not interesting anymore. And if you are going to keep going with the same characters, like with Batman, he has so many different iterations, so many villains. We have how many Batmans now and no Red Hood? Kill, take, grow some balls, kill off some Robins and make a Red Hood. <laughs> well, I'm... only there were some sort of series based around a Marvel villain coming out soon that we could watch. <laughs> well, I'm so, uh, like, super excited about this particular Batman that's coming out because Matt Reeves has decided to be the first one to do a world's greatest detective Batman, which we've not seen. So it's going to be something different. Uh, But also in the news was, it seems to be happening more and more, people behaving badly. Pokemon cards were taken off Target shelves because people can't behave themselves. What is going on with society? Why do you think this is happening more and more? Well, this happened very specifically for Target uh, when... Uh, so Pokemon cards have been in demand since they like came out in the 90s and like Game Freak and Nintendo who sort of share rights with Pokemon have been really great at keeping everything in very limited demand. They have just they've not beanie babied it. They did the opposite of TY and they they've like from the very beginning they were like, "Yep, there's only going to be like so many even though we're not going to tell you exactly how many. So get them while you can." Uh, so I think it was in Wisconsin, a guy went and got one of the new starter packs that were coming out which I have friends who competitively play the Pokemon trading card game and nobody's been able to get their hands on these like nobody so I guess he found some at his target he got jumped by four guys in a parking lot he had a conceal and carry permit so he pulled it he pulled his weapon Uh, the four people ran off but the store employee said nope we're done with Pokemon we're getting rid of them in this store Uh, and the entire target corporation went you know what we have enough individual instances of things like this happening that uh, we're just going to take a break it's not permanent but they're taking a break. Um, there's also been a big problem with big companies like Target and Walmart and that buying all the stock of the booster cards and the new sets and all of that. And same with like sports cards as well, that small retailers haven't been able to get them. Like you can't go to your local card shop and get them because they can't order as many as Walmart. So they don't get them from the distributors. So I think there's going to be sort of some reorganization of how the cards come out. Yeah, because I noticed this is not a new problem because I remember when 
I was a, a wee lad before maybe even some of you were born, and they had Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom action figures. And Ooh. the only two I could find were Willie Scott and Mola Ram. That's it. And you look on the back. Nobody and the, wants Willie. Well, you look on the back, and there's Indiana Jones, there's Short Round, and you could never find them. I'd go, it was same thing with Star Wars figures. You'd always go just see, and it was always just Stormtroopers and Snaggletooths. So, Steve, what is your solution for this? <laughs> well, <laughs> do you have one? Well, uh, I'm not really. I, I did think it was kind of funny that they are kind of doing the same thing with like the sports cards at Target. They'll have all the hockey ones you want, but they've like discontinued like the NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball. But, but hockey, you can have all the hockey you want. It's like, eh, nobody cares. <laughs> uh, I mean, you can do like the limit limiting what two per pack, but then it. I don't know. If people are doing it for toilet paper, they're going to do it for Pokemon cards. Well, it's just Get, practi- yeah. uh, practically the same thing. So let's move yeah, on. Zack Snyder has a new movie. thing on that? Go right ahead. Sorry. Uh, I was just going to add in. Uh, honestly, I think that they need to do more like reprinting of really popular editions, uh, especially like during the pandemic. There was a whole thing like my cards were stolen when I was a child. But really, you left them at your parents' house when you moved out. and Your parents got rid of your Pokemon cards. But this was a whole thing. And that was what really has driven prices during the pandemic. People who are in their mid 30s are like, but I had that card when I was 12. And now I want it again because somebody reminded me I had it. Just reprint them. I, BTY make unlimited editions so people stop assaulting each other in the parking lot. It worked for TY and McDonald's in the nineties. It'll work for Pokemon cards. Yeah, but they're a Glock. Apparently, that attack is super right? effective. Yeah, they're worried about losing their value because if they if they flood the market with reprints, it'll. But yeah, but that's what you got to do. Uh, so but let's that, move on. That that, that that won't affect uh, the the company's like sales resales. They don't get any money from right. Oh yeah. Well, let's let's move on to Zack Snyder, who has a new movie coming out this week, Army of the Dead. Are you? excited for that kind of am because <laughs> there's a, yeah. there's zoo animals that are zombies i saw the tiger so yeah. it could be crazy uh he's created quite a richard cheese that's right <laughs> Well, he's created quite a following as uh, well as many critics. Uh, he's admitted to manipulating his followers for clicks and money. But then again, that money goes to charity. Uh, he's great at casting. But when he makes the movie, he needs an editor and an on-set nanny. So the question is, Zack Snyder, hero or villain? Neither. He's not that interesting. He's just doing it on a larger scale. But, Craig, don't pretend like your Twitter's not trying to manipulate your followers <laughs> into downloading podcasts, supporting the shop, anything like that. We're all using social media to manipulate everything. All that note, guys, there's Utah RemoteCon going on right now until May 22nd, where you can help raise money for the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. Uh, check it out at givebutter.com slash UtahRemoteCon2. You, you read that like you didn't have a gun to your head. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, I, I mean, I certainly understand that he's manipulating, but he, also, he is also manipulating people to just to get the, the Snyderverse cut. He was so we this the same thing with uh, uh, oh, my God, the girl detective movie, um, the blonde one. They did a whole Kickstarter for it. Oh, uh, Veronica uh, Mars. Veronica Mars. Veronica Mars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's the exact same thing, just on a bigger scale. Okay. MST3K has a new MST3K? season coming out. Yeah, that's how they kept I mean, that show alive for years. You have a following. Decades. You want to have a job in the future. It's like, hey, following, want to help me get a job? But then we hire him for a multi-billion dollar movie franchise, and 
he shoots scenes that he knows will not be in the final cut because he wants to do this. So it, it's almost like he's kind of irresponsible as far as you hire him. He's not going to do what you want him to do. Craig, that's why you got to buy the special edition Blu-ray with all the deleted scenes and extended features mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, pay money for that Snyder cut that you fought so hard to get so that you can complain about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, one thing I'm not going to complain about is having you guys both on. Steve, Izzy, <laughs> uh, everything I learned from movies, if you haven't listened to the show, please go to all your podcatchers and find it. That's everything I learned from movies. Yeah. ELF movies. <laughs> that's everything I learned from movies. Twitter was aflutter last week with memes about the Chinese rocket that was uncontrollably re-entering the atmosphere to a place even scientists couldn't guess. It eventually landed harmlessly into the Indian Ocean and was memed into the zeitgeist. Many included the constant warning of the impending crash into their weather forecast. Partly cloudy with a chance of Chinese rocket as we head into the morning. Others brace for the inevitable. Honestly, if this Chinese rocket doesn't land on me, I'm going to be disappointed. Me when I hear plane thinking, it's the rocket. And not unlike the stages of grief, finally, acceptance. Me realizing the Chinese rocket is probably going to land in the Indian Ocean, so I have to go to school tomorrow. When you realize the Chinese rocket didn't hit you and you have to go to work tomorrow. But the most ridiculous post was from the New York Post, when on Monday, we get a Martin Scorsese posted picture from his upcoming western, Killers of the Flower Moon, starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro. Instead of stirring up interest for the movie, the world focused on a face-blind New York Post with the headline, Leonardo DiCaprio unrecognizable in the first photos of new Scorsese film, which was accompanied by a picture of the undeniably recognizable face of Leo. Thus began another timeless DiCaprio-centric meme, using him to verify you're human, taking a jab at his dating habits, even using a Leo meme to identify a Leo meme. That's why we recognize the unrecognizable Leonardo DiCaprio as the meme of the week. That concludes this week's Memory Wipe. Please subscribe to the show on YouTube, click the bell icon and get notified when we have a new show every Monday morning. Look for the audio version of the show on Apple Podcasts and your favorite podcatchers. Follow us on Twitter at Memory Wipe and Instagram at Morning Memory Wipe. And send your emails to MorningMemoryWipe at gmail.com. Thanks for watching, and remember, if we didn't talk about it, you don't need to remember it.